It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Joe Burrow back at practice for the Cincinnati Bengals and did a little bit more than expected on Sunday, plus injury updates and some rewatch thoughts from the preseason game. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine, looking very confused for those of you not watching on YouTube for some reason today. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell on YouTube. Make sure you follow on your on your audio apps to get us delivered to your devices every day. And the big story today, James, is that Joe Burrow, <laughs> and we got the hint after walkthrough where he participated in the walkthrough this morning on Sunday morning, also participated in practice on Sunday. Not the 11-on-11 drills as they are easing him back in, but did more than expected, according to Zach Taylor, in 7-on-7s where the plan was for him to take two reps And he instead took 10 seven-on-seven reps through 10 passes and seven-on-sevens, including with the second team. Yeah, Joe Burrow looked great. He's back. It was exciting. And the the funny part to me was he comes out and it's like, oh, there's the orange jersey. And everyone gets the walk-up video. All All of us media members, of course, I was there and I'm taking a couple photos and here we go. And he puts his helmet down and he starts taking those warm-up throws and he takes three or four of them and... Boom, practice gets delayed. Joe Burrow walks around, gets on a cart, which we've seen way too much of over the past couple of weeks, and buzzes right into the locker room with the rest of his teammates. Most of them were walking. Just hilarious. It was like, is that it? What if practice gets called? Thankfully, it didn't lightning anymore. Bengals were able to come back out, and Joe Burrow was able to practice. And and I thought he played really, really well. I mean, they they put him through. He did everything but 11s. I mean, he went through all of the individual drills where you're, you're going around um, the different dummies, I'll call them, um, and, and you're bending, you're twisting, you're rolling out, you're throwing on the run, all of those things. He did it all. And, uh, and then we saw him in seven-on-seven seven as well. And, and I think that's where uh, it was like, oh, that's what Joe Burrow brings to practice. Not that we needed a reminder, but a little teardrop to Kwame Laster, deep ball to Trent Nerwin. He, uh, he looked good. And he was able to push the ball downfield, so it didn't seem like there was any limitations there. And then after practice, Zach Taylor talking, and I asked him, hey, are there any physical limitations? And it doesn't seem like there are. It's more about easing him back in. So it's been a weird couple of weeks at Bengals training camp, but as I told multiple writers on the sidelines, training camp officially started on Sunday because number nine was back in uniform and throwing the football. Yeah, getting Joe Burrow back out there. We've talked a lot about how the defense has been ahead for the most part. And one of the big factors in that, of course, has been not only Joe Burrow missing, but mostly Joe Burrow missing, but also some of these offensive linemen 
that haven't been out there and still no Lel Collins in 11 on 11s either as he's also similar to Joe Burrow, similar to T Higgins easing his way back in, but T Higgins took a, took a step up as well. But the focus certainly on Joe Burrow, who, as you mentioned, James going through the, the cluttered pocket drills, moving up back side to side in the pocket, throwing, rolling left, throwing, rolling right, throwing from a clean pocket in seven on sevens, a quote unquote clean pocket. So doing pretty much everything you want to see from a body mechanics perspective, throwing, from from different positions, throwing, putting his core in different positions. So it seems like he is certainly good to go, or at least good to continue to to moderately improve as he has been for the last couple of weeks. We didn't see him uncork, you know, a deep deep ball. We didn't see him necessarily put a ton of velocity on any passes that I saw anyway, James. And so maybe not a hundred percent, but good enough, good enough to practice and showing off that that uh, trademark accuracy that we've gotten used to from Joe Burrow on those deep balls in particular that you mentioned to Kwame Lasseter and Trent Irwin, just absolute bucket passes. And so getting Joe Burrow back can only be good things for this offense. No doubt. And that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was he launching 65 yards downfield to chase? No, we didn't see that. Um, I think we will at some point, but honestly, I was, pretty surprised that we saw the accuracy we saw and that he did as much as he did and look we talked after the game i thought i was had a feeling it just felt like after running if you can run hard you can throw some and sure enough it it just fell in line with the timeline i don't think we'll see him in 11s maybe all week why he's not playing against the giants well why do you need to see him in 11s maybe a little bit uh, before the Rams get to town next week and the, the joint practices. But I, I think that will be, you know, what they want to do is get him in 11s right before that. And then maybe he can, you know, partake in those 11 on 11s against the Rams and get ready for the regular season. So a huge, huge step. Look good to me. Really accurate. And that's the thing. Like someone joked, I was like, yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow is still really accurate. And it's like, oh, well, it's just an appendix. It's like he, he hasn't practiced for three weeks. If he was a little off, guess what? He hasn't practiced for three weeks. And, and I thought he was he was really accurate overall. And um, also, it was fun watching him throw to Hayden Hurst. Obviously, mm-hmm. we saw it during mm-hmm. OTAs, but that's the one guy that we haven't seen him throw too much. And so it was like a reminder. Uh, Joe Burrow to Hayden Hurst, that could be a fun connection this year. So uh, there's that. There's also the fact that uh, fans, it was the third to last practice. There's only two more practices now in front of fans. So the fact that Joe Burrow got to participate in this practice, in this session, in front of the fans that that came out on a a weekend day. You know, it's not just through the week. I think that's good. And I'm curious to see what Monday's practice, what Wednesday's practice are going to look like. Because as of now, I think those are the last two open to fans. And uh, if that's the case, something tells me that uh, a lot of fans are going to pack in there to see Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, and you mentioned him not participating in 11s. Here's here's a scenario in which Joe Burrow participates in 11s before next week that wouldn't surprise me. And you're right. There's no huge reason to rush him back, especially if he's still trying to get back into shape, if he's still trying to add weight that he may have lost after the appendectomy. He, there's two weeks between the final preseason game and the first regular season game. So so there's time there. There's 
a lot of time there for for him to get back into the swing of things. But the scenario where Joe Burrow is back, Joe Burrow is back in 11s before next week, is well, he was supposed to take two reps in seven on sevens today, <laughs> and he took ten. And if Joe Burrow is feeling good, Joe Burrow has a bit of mm-hmm. uh, a bit of influence on what he's doing in practice. Maybe not enough influence to get out there in 11s before next week, but also maybe enough influence to get out there in 11s if that's what he wants to do. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. And that, that's the part of it is 10 reps versus two. And by the way, if I'm him, I want the reps. And if he's healthy enough and obviously cleared and all those things, push him a little bit. You know, I, I mean, camp is he's going to have Tuesday off and I'm sure it won't be an off day off day, but you know, it's not like he's going to go through a full practice session. Now he may do some, some throwing, maybe a full throwing session. We'll see, but uh, on his own, of course, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really good to see him back out there. And I, I think he is going to push it for sure, but push it within reason. And he's smart about that. He recovered from the ACL. We know that that was much more serious. So uh, I expect nothing but the same here with Joe Burrow. I do expect to hear from Joe Burrow this week. Don't anticipate it being Monday, but when we hear from Joe Burrow, we will certainly play the best of it or clips of it right here on Locked on Bengals. Up next, well, that left guard battle, it's getting really, really interesting, especially because Jackson Carmen did not practice on Sunday. We'll have injury updates. We'll discuss that and more right here on Locked on Bengals. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp today. Think about the last time life threw you a curveball and you needed somebody who could talk you through it, help you through it. You needed to rebuild your self-esteem. You needed to rebuild your confidence. You needed to get a handle on something that was driving you crazy. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs as you tell them and match you with a licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I think everyone should be in therapy personally at some point in your life. If you can afford it and you can manage to do that work, therapy will benefit everyone, even if you don't have significant traumas to get through or anything crazy that you think you have to work through. There's something for everyone. There are tools you'll learn that are excellent. And the thing about BetterHelp that is so great is that it makes it more affordable than traditional offline therapy. There's financial aid available to you as well. And the therapist may even work with you on their own to identify a rate that will work for you. You can get your own therapist. It's easy to change if you're not clicking with the right person. And sometimes it's hard to find the best fit there as well. So you can go check out betterhelp.com. You're going to get 10% off your first month. You're going to get 10% off your first month with betterhelp.com slash locked on. Again, betterhelp.com slash locked on. Jake, Jackson Carmen was obviously uh, a hot topic after Friday's game, and, and rightfully so. And we'll get into some of your rewatch thoughts in a bit. Um, but I got to be honest with you. Uh, Deontay Smith came out to practice when it was actually time to practice following the delay. And it's like, oh, Deontay Smith's still not practicing. And Jackson Carmen was right behind him without pads. And I'm like, oh. And it turns out Jackson Carmen didn't practice. Now, Zach Taylor did offer up an update after the session saying it was a little bit of an elbow issue. Didn't seem that concerned. Sounded like Carmen could wear a brace on it and, and practice on Monday. But I got to be honest with you after what we saw Friday, not practicing today, certainly Sunday certainly hurts Carmen's chances, regardless of 
what you want to say. And yeah, he could be injured, all that stuff. I'm not saying he's not hurt, but that certainly, I think, could impact his chances if he misses multiple practices or this is, is much more serious. Because guess what? Cordell Volson was with the ones, Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big opportunity, big opportunity for Cordell Volson, even if it was a de facto working with the ones because there was nobody else who could do it at left guard, mm-hmm. which there are very few guards that were able to practice for the Bengals on Sunday. A number of injuries there, including Jackson Carmen, as you mentioned, James, which hopefully is something minor either way, just so he can continue to practice and compete and hopefully improve. Ben Brown dealing with an injury as well. You mentioned Deontay Smith dealing with an injury. Isaiah Prince practice, but we saw him potentially have a minor injury on uh, Friday as well. And I noticed Akeem Adeniji was working with the ones at right tackle. After his performance, that tells you that they probably didn't feel like they had anybody else to work with the ones at right tackle. on, or, Or maybe it's just a rotation and I missed it, but that was with the number one unit on offense and 11 on 11s. And so there's definitely a lot of injuries going on on the offensive line. Hopefully none of them too major. Ben Brown, I thought, had some flashes. And and so not great that that he's dealing with an injury as well. But getting Cordell Volson that opportunity to work with the ones is something that I think has been a, a common ask from Bengals fans after Friday's game, after watching Jackson Carmen's performance in your right. We'll talk about that to finish up the show and some other rewatch notes. And it's just for, for Volson to get the opportunity to work beside Jonah Williams and, and Ted Karras to get the opportunity to work on the left side instead of the right side where he has had some practice while Alex Kappa was working back. Sometimes, you know, we, we say a, a lot actually it's a what have you done for me lately kind of league. And if he does the most lately for this team and takes advantage of his opportunity, then maybe he does claw his way into a starting role earlier than expected. And this is where it could start is, is getting these opportunities in, in camp practices and working his way into earning earlier opportunities in week two of the preseason, which is what I think we would all like to see after week one of the preseason. Here's what I don't like. And again, I'm not saying Jackson Carmen isn't hurt or injured, but there is a difference between injured and hurt. When Zach Taylor, who I think since 2019 has really down, like because of the AJ Green fiasco, of saying, ah, AJ's going to play this week. And then just like that, he doesn't. And he's out for the rest of the all that stuff. I think he's learned and he really hedges his bet with injuries. So when he's like, ah, it's just a little elbow thing. It's not serious. We expect to see him out there. Like, Zach never does that. Never does that. So let's say it is minor, right? If you're in the heart of this competition and you have a minor hurt, in in relatively speaking, do you want to miss a practice? Like, that's the part of it, man, that that it, it ties it all together, like, do I think Cordell Volson is this great left guard? No. But all of those things, and I keep going back to it, that Frank Pollock said on draft night about accountability and heart and the, the want to and all of the, the mentality crap, it's not crap. It's real. And I don't care where Carmen was picked. If, if, if they question that part of it throughout this camp and – 
I don't know what to say. I, I don't know how to to defend that for him. Like, if I was him, I would be embarrassed by Friday, and I would have wanted to be out there today, and I would have wanted to show everybody, including the thousand plus fans in attendance, that that was not who I was going to be. And so he wasn't. And so is he injured? Okay, if he's injured, I get it. I'm not again. I'm not saying he's not. But Zach kind of downplayed it, and it feels like he's going to be back Monday. If you could practice Monday, you can't try to get out there Sunday. I just I just don't know. So we'll see with Carmen. But I, I think that that mentality part of it, it's going to matter here in this competition because now it is a competition. I think he had a chance to really run away with it Friday, and now he doesn't. And now he's yeah. missing a practice. And now Volson's lining up with the ones. So yeah. it matters. Yeah, and, and for him, it's speculative on our part to say that who decided he wouldn't practice? And I know you said that multiple times, but what, what I think sure. the, the clarification is, is if this is why he's not practicing, then the coaches are going to notice that and they're going to hold that against him. Because if you're not practicing because you're a little sore and the coaches aren't saying, okay, we're going to rest you for a day. And you're saying I could use that day of rest. That, then that's a different, that's a different thing. And I think that's sure. roughly what you were saying. Uh, yeah. I, look, I, I'm not trying to, to, question that part of it like again if he couldn't practice or if they decided hey let's just sit you for today we'll get you back out there tomorrow fine yeah but when you're in the heat of a competition the last thing you want to do is miss a a practice right after you had a preseason game that might have been worse than any regular season start you had last year just to be just to be fair like it might have been and so that's the part of it where it's like all right, and maybe he blows the doors off, you know, blows everybody away on Monday. Maybe, but you got to do it at some point. And, and he's going to have to do it against the Giants on Sunday as well. It's not just what you do in practice. Even if they are impressed with what he's done in practice, everybody can see what happened with Jackson Carmen, with Hakeem Adenogy, with Isaiah Prince at times, with Trey Hill at times, with all these guys, with Lamont Gilliard at times uh, on Friday. And, and that's out there for everybody to see. It was out there when I rewatched the game. We'll get to that, like I said, in, in a few minutes. But a couple other moves that we should talk about, James. The, the Bengals made their first cuts of the preseason process. They have to get down to 85 in, in just a couple of days here. But Abu Dermi Soiree, who was a corner that they signed uh, pretty late in the offseason, played pretty well, I thought, in his, in his preseason snaps. He was released, as well as Shermari Jones. Puka Williams, after he muffed his punt return opportunity, uh, was released by the team. And in addition to that, a surprising one for me was Wyatt Hubert has retired last year's Mm -hmm. seventh round pick. And this one, it's just sad when a guy has to retire for physical reasons. He's dealt with injuries throughout college, dealt with injuries in the pros, was dealing with an injury again. And called it called it a career so wishing him all the best certainly all these guys really uh the best in their after football or football careers as they may or may not continue and uh won't be with the bengals this year that puts them at 86 players on the roster so they have to make one more move before that deadline and that does not count jesse bates if you count Jesse Bates, they're up at 87. So 40 on off, 41 on offense, 40 on defense without Jesse Bates and the five specialists now on the roster. Yeah, the, the White Hubert news is certainly um, unfortunate. Um, in, honestly, it's, it's not just the injuries-wise. It, it seemed like it was a long shot for him 
to make the roster, but obviously he made the decision because of the, the health. And he had missed a couple practices. Obviously, had the torn pec last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully he can, uh, you know, find something after football. I will say this though: if you're going to pick a year to join the Bengals, you got an AFC title ring, you got all these all this swagged out stuff, man. I'm sure he's got plenty of backwards hats that he's going to wear. He always wore backwards hats. So, uh, congrats to him on retirement. I know it's not how he wanted to go, but it's better than getting you know, hurting your body even more. So, uh, yeah, the Puka Williams thing probably bothers some fans, but I just, I didn't see the spot. I really didn't. I thought he got better as a receiver, but returner is how he was going to make this roster. And obviously the Bengals made the call there. Speaking of calls, you went back and you watched all the calls or all the plays. And uh, we're going to do some rewatch takeaways from Bengals preseason game number one coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online, which is a one stop shop for all things sports wagering, whether it's the NFL, because you think Joey B, now that he's back, is going to be MVP. Maybe you think KD in the NBA should go to the Boston Celtics, which again, I'm still stunned. Not stunned because. I don't know what Brad Stevens is. Doing. I can't believe the Celtics have not traded for Kevin Durant yet. They should because it's about winning championships, and that's what you should do. Well, if you want to wager on NBA futures, NFL futures, Joe Burrow to be MVP, anything and everything in between, including UFC, MMA, NASCAR, it's all in one spot. Bet online. So don't delay. Go there now. Sign up for free and get to winning today. Bet online where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. James, I spent most of my time when I went back to preseason game one watching mm-hmm. the guards, watching Jackson Carmen, watching Cordell Volson, and it didn't really get better for Jackson <laughs> Carmen on rewatch. He did some things in the run game. He had some nice reps in the run game at times. He also had some reps that he lost pretty badly in the run game. But what's concerning the most is that his pass protection skill composition and technique just look far from ready he's giving up ground on bull rushes which is because of multiple reasons he's missing his hand placement he's giving up his chest way too easily way too often way too early in reps he's playing really upright getting stood up he's making mental mistakes and processing stunts and picking up stunts properly he he had a few nice reps in pass protection but I, you know, I watched each of them and for the most part, it wasn't good. He's, he's sometimes playing too aggressively and he jump sets a lot in general. This Bengals offensive line is jump setting a lot and they they do some things that are a little bit unusual. And one of those is jump setting. The other one is something that we talked about with Mike Bengals underscore Sands last year that the Bengals do with which Quentin Spain did a few times called mollying the guard where the guard will go kick out and, and block the defensive end when the tackle will down block a guy lined up right in front of him or on his inside shoulder. And that happened uh, in this game as well. So I don't know why the Bengals do some of those things, but generally speaking for Carmen, he, he's missing, he's missing hand placement too often. And, and just the, the re-anchor wasn't there on some of the bull rushes, mm-hmm. the, the pass pro in general 
is just really concerning. And there's more to playing offensive line, obviously, than pass protection. But after mm-hmm. last year, you would think that needs to be a priority. And Cordell Volson, I thought, was better in that area. But there are a few caveats here that, that I want to throw out there. One is he truly was playing against a, a lower level of competition. They're still NFL players, sure. But the, the guys that Carmen was playing against will probably play some snaps for for the Cardinals this year. Maybe not all of them. Like he's giving up ground on a bull rush to Lokufetti. I think he will play, but I'm not sure how much he'll play for the Cardinals. He's he's getting beat by Jonathan Ledbetter, who I think is in a roster battle. But yeah. a, a few of those other guys for the Cardinals, I think, will be rotational pieces at least. And Volson wasn't seeing those guys. But I thought Volson looked more prepared. I thought he looked better technically, although there's still work to do, certainly, especially in terms of hand placement. I think he talked about that after the game as well. He, he looked a little bit slow coming out of his stance on a pool where he goes around the right side of the offensive line. But in, in other places, Volson looked really good. I thought his mental processing was better. I thought generally, technically, he looked a little bit better. And I thought that in, in the run game, I, I didn't think he was bad either. He did get rolled up on once and and lose his guy because he I think got tripped up from some traffic but outside of that I thought he played pretty well and so I I think a lot of people have said this at this point and I think we said it It, it's an opportunity for Volson to get more reps earlier in the game it's an opportunity for Volson to go compete because he didn't play against the caliber of player that Carmen played against but as we said in our in our preview for the preseason game it's not like Carmen was playing against ones. Carmen mm-hmm. should have been better. And so I think that there's a big opportunity for Volson. The one other note that I had is that my first watch of Isaiah Prince was pretty concerning. Prince had some nice, nice reps and, and wasn't as bad as consistently as I thought on rewatch. I thought that he, he did get beat a couple of times, but he looked at least okay uh, on a number of other occasions. So Isaiah Prince, not as bad as I originally thought, um, but Carmen didn't get better on rewatch for me and neither did Hakeem Adenogy, who was again, as I, as I mentioned on Twitter, working at tackle uh, on uh, practice on Sunday. And according to Duke Manyweather, it sounds like the Bengals are, are shifting Adenogy's focus back to tackle as well. So I thought that was an interesting note that I, I noticed when Duke Manyweather was responding to a tweet thread that I had started um, that the Bengals have, have reoriented identity's focus back to tackle from guard. Yeah. So a bunch of stuff there um, as far as energy. Yeah. You, you do wonder, cause now it seems like there's a, at least a hole at guard. Um, but look to me, if they haven't made a move yet, I wonder what happens if, if Carmen and Volson both struggle or, or don't have the games you want them to have against the Giants. Like there is a tipping point. I'm t- there's a point. I know it. I, I watched Mike Brown today. Joe Burrow comes out for seven on sevens. He's getting the, the arm ready to go. Mike Brown's looking at the offensive line. All right. They know. All right. They know how important this offensive line, you know, needs to be, is and to their success and all of those things. So if it isn't Volson, who honestly shouldn't be ready to be an NFL starter, by week one, like that, that's unrealistic expectations. I think for a fourth round guy that was coming from North Dakota state, like that's just, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask. 
Um, a guy like Carmen who comes from Clemson, well, that's different, especially in year two, gets back to the left side, had five starts at guard last year, like you would think, well, maybe. But if the answer isn't Carmen and Volson, well, we'll see how he does, then they're going to have to go get someone. This yeah. is a win now. This is a win now team. This isn't a, well, let's watch and see how they develop. Develop Schmelop. Everybody else developed. It's time to go. And, and I, you can't be worried about left guard. And like I said, the only time I want to talk about the offensive line this year is when they're blowing guys off the ball and just completely knocking them in the face and Joe Mixon six yards downfield running through arm tackles of linebackers that can't tackle them or defense backs. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how Joe Burrow has six seconds to throw the ball and the first three and a half, no one got near him. And then he rolled out and gave Jamar another two seconds. Oh, wait, T's free on the back end and he throws it. Boom, touchdown. Bengals go up by 22. That's the stuff I want to talk about when it comes to the offensive line. And it doesn't feel like we're going to get there if even one piece is as bad as we saw Carmen. You know, that was just atrocious. And uh, that's the part of it. So can one of these guys emerge? Absolutely. And I am not trying to bury Jackson Carmen, but he hasn't done himself any favors, just to be clear. I don't want people to think, oh, you're being unfair. I don't think I'm being unfair. I think I'm being fair. And until we see otherwise, he kind of is what he is. So who knows? All I know is this, from a mentality standpoint, the Bengals like where Volson is, but I agree with you. I, I think he's still got a lot to improve on because the jump from NDSU to starting left guard in the NFL on a Super Bowl contender, a team that expects to be in the mix to win a Super Bowl, win a championship this year, that's a pretty big gap. It's a large gap, and it's as good as Frank Pollock is, as good as you know these offensive linemen could be around that left guard, whoever it is. It's, uh, it's a lot to ask, so we'll see what happens. But it, it doesn't feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe they wait till the off day, it doesn't feel like Quentin Spain, as close as he was the other night, I don't think he's in the building right now. Could be wrong. I'm currently here as we record. I didn't see Quentin Spain anywhere. Might be. Might be here, Jake, but uh, it, it doesn't feel like they're going to make that move yet. Yeah, and maybe they're just waiting to see. Taylor mentioned it's one of three preseason games. They will have more opportunities to show that they – can play at a higher level, but you need to see it. And there's only so long, right? Time is a limited asset here in the preseason. I only got through the offense on my rewatch, James. Only other thing that I wanted to throw out there was Kendrick Pryor on that first scramble drill play, I thought was a really impressive display of awareness from him. He saw Jake Browning getting flushed from the pocket, identified it as soon as he looked back at the line of scrimmage, broke off his route and and started to move himself to an open part of the field to allow himself to make that catch along the sideline where Jake Browning's throwing it as he's going out of bounds. Uh, so I, I was really impressed by that play from Kendrick Pryor in particular. And for Thad Moss, he actually did pretty well in, in the run game on a few plays outside of the two holding penalties. So you obviously can't have the holding penalties. It was noteworthy to me that both of those holding, holding penalties came on plays where Chris Evans bounced it outside. And one of them, I thought, you know, Thad got rolled up on a little bit and, and kind of took his guy to the ground as he went to the ground. I, I don't know if that was strictly a holding penalty. I can see why it was called, certainly. But he, he did well in particular on a couple of stiff blocks, meaning he was working 
to the backside of the play that the entire line was going right. For example, he came around from the right side of the line to the left and cut off a, a defensive end that was unblocked. I thought he did pretty well on a couple of those plays. So not all bad for Thad Moss in, in the blocking aspect of the game, but obviously having two holding penalties on otherwise big running plays for Chris Evans is, is not what you want to see. So plenty of, of more practices coming more opportunities for these guys coming against the New York giants in week two of the preseason. That'll be coming up on Sunday and we'll have you covered here on locked on Bengals with each practice. The Bengals have this week and with post game thoughts coming on Sunday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.